It was just a raining out there. But uh, God brings the rain as well as the sun. And I just like to believe somebody needs it. So uh, let it come, let it flow, uh, but then let it go so we can, uh, we can get home safely. Amen. Again, we're grateful for your presence this evening. And uh, not going to keep you long, but we're going to keep you strong. Is that all right? Uh, go with me, if you will, to our text found in John chapter 21. We'll read it again for emphasis sake. And uh, in just a few minutes, this lesson shall be yours. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. And there the Bible reads, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. My title for tonight, the eternal question. The eternal question. Now, we know that uh, this is one of those after-resurrection accounts of Jesus here in John 21. Not as dramatic uh, as the announcement of those women in the earlier chapter, John 20, verses 15 through 17, uh, at the empty tomb of our risen Lord. Here in verse 21, it's just a simple story of a meeting of a man and his friends early one morning. And a profound question is poised to one of these men. Now, we're going to look this, eve like this evening at two of the men in this story. One is Peter, and of course, the other is Jesus. Let's look first at Peter. We'll refer to him as the, the, the backsliding disciple. Uh, you remember Peter. Uh, he was often in trouble with the Lord, always opening his mouth and invariably putting his foot in it. Uh, he'd done it that terrible night of the Lord's arrest. Peter said at supper that even if all should forsake Jesus, he would not. Jesus replied that the next morning Peter would deny him three times. When the soldiers came to arrest Jesus in the garden, again Peter tried to play Sir Lancelot and seeking to defend his Lord with a sword. And all he got was for his actions was a rebuke from the Lord. Peter probably didn't understand that. But when the real test came, his humanly weakness, of which Jesus was already aware, came to the surface. While standing in Pilate's courtyard, a servant girl asked, are you not one of his disciples? And with an oath, Peter denied he ever even knew the Lord. Can you imagine his sorrow at that point? his heart filled with remorse and regret. Peter must have wished he 
He could have had a moment to talk to the Lord Jesus and ask his forgiveness. Later, he had indeed seen the risen Lord on two occasions, but the opportunity had not presented itself. But Peter remembered what the angels had told the women at the empty tomb on the resurrection morning over there in Mark 16 and 7. Go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you unto Galilee. There shall you see him, as he said unto you. And so Peter and his disciples would go to Galilee. And in verse 3 of John 21, Peter and the disciples decide to go, I like how they say this, to go a fishing. That sounds kind of country. I, I like that. Now, 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 I'm not a fisherman, but I can appreciate the heart of a fisherman. See, fishing takes practice. There's a sense of solitude, of peace, of patient expectation. And whether you're fishing for sport or relaxation or even for compensation, the expectation is that your patience will be rewarded. Amen? Uh, but in the midst of this expectation, there's a time for contemplation. What was Peter thinking about while out there in that ship? Perhaps he was still thinking about that faithful night when he denied the Lord and betrayed his trust. Maybe he was thinking about his past mistakes, his rashness, his outspokenness, his temper. You know, it, it had gotten the better of him on occasion. Would Jesus continue to use him? Did Jesus have any plans for him. He may have forgotten when Jesus told him on the coast of Caesarea Philippi that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Maybe Jesus had changed his mind. What was Peter thinking? Had he failed Jesus? Had he failed himself? In verse 3 of our text, the Bible says that night of fishing was an uneventful one. Peter and his disciples had caught nothing. Perhaps Peter was thinking, man, I'm failing even with this. How many of us would have felt this way? How many of us would have felt this way in our own lives, our own circumstances, in our own situation? Nothing is going right in my life until I get it right with Jesus. Right. Amen. Amen. Now, now look at verses 4 through 6. And let's look at Jesus. The morning had come, and still Peter and his compatriots had caught nothing. Imagine how they're feeling. Weary, cold, hungry. Suddenly a voice from the shore calls out, Have you caught anything? No, they replied. Then that voice again, Cast your nets on the, on the right side of the ship. Now who is this telling Peter how to fish? Could, could you hear Peter responding to himself? While I was pulling oars through these waters, before that fellow even knew how to say fish. I mean, I've caught more fish with a willow stick and a piece of string and a bent pin than he could with a throw net. Who's this telling me how to fish? You ever been that touchy about your failures? Someone tries to help, 
we think them mind their own business. But again, they, they thought the better of it. And they cast their nets again into the waters. Think about that change of heart, that change of mind. I'm going to cast the net anyway. And the Bible says in verse 6, they weren't able to draw it for the multitude of fishes within. Then those disciples made a marvelous discovery there in verse 7. One of them told Peter, that's Jesus. Perhaps someone recognized that voice, and now they've recast their nets. And now all these fish, that was just like Jesus. Just when you need him most, he's always there. With the right information, with the right assurances, with the right assistance. When Peter heard it was Jesus, he left the boat and made his way to shore on his own. The scriptures say he was naked. So he put on what he his fishing coat and ran on out there, had to get to Jesus. And then in verses 15 through 17, the eternal question. After the disciples enjoyed a morning meal together with Jesus, and think about that for a moment. Peter's been struggling with this thought of failure. He sees Jesus, hasn't had an opportunity to tell him how sorry he was and how much he regretted that he had failed him. And here they are having a meal together. What was he thinking as he was eating that fish? What was he thinking as he saw Jesus across from him? And then the eternal question. Jesus asked Peter an important question, perhaps one he was hoping for. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He called him by his old name. Name he had before his great confession. That moment must have touched Peter's heart. He was touching Peter's soul. He was letting him know without even saying it. What's done is done. What's done is done. But now I've got something else for you. Again, the eternal question. He said that moment, he said that moment must have touched Peter's heart and, and, it, and, 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 and the Bible reminds us that a contrite heart is a necessary part of confession and forgiveness. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Now, this is not the kind of love one has for just a friend or an associate, but it's a deeper, self-sacrificing love. Jesus is taking Peter right back to another shore on Caesarea Philippi. This is the kind of love for Jesus that would help Peter to carry out that great commission that he talked to him about. Three times, Jesus asked, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And three times, his response. Each time, with perhaps a little more meaning and a deep-rooted feeling of profound and enduring love, Peter's response was sincere and heartfelt. 
And Jesus' response, just as sincere, but with a subtle yet simple command. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. And in verse 19 and 21, two more words. Follow me. How will you and I answer the eternal question? Peter gave his answer, and Jesus gave his command. Same command he had given to him about three years before. And again, when he was fishing, Jesus said to him, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And now Jesus asks us the same question, seeking the same response and waiting for us, waiting patiently for us. See how patient he was with Peter? Peter said, I'll be with you unto death. Jesus said, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter pulls out his sword and tries to defend Jesus, and Jesus rebukes him and says, if you live by the sword, you're going to die that way. And yet, with that rebuke, the eternal question, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. He asks us the same question. He's looking for the same response. And he wants us to carry out those commands with a loving heart, a joyful heart, but a faithful heart. What's your answer today? Jesus wants us to have the kind of love for him that will make us fishers of men for him. All he's asking you to do is to love him. If you love him to feed his lambs, feed his sheep. That's the eternal question. And our answer can only be yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. That's the only answer that's worth responding. See, anything less is a waste of time and material. He's given us this charge. He's given us this responsibility. Do you love him? Serve him. And not just serve him. Serve his eternal purpose. There's some lost sheep out there. Look at all the time he spent with Peter. Could have gave up on him a long time ago. He ain't giving up on us. Did you know that? And he's asking us that same question. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? I like to think he asked it three times, even for us, because we're just as stubborn. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we're just as knuckleheaded. Amen. We think we know it all, just like Peter thought he knew it all. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs.
That's the eternal question. How will you answer? Maybe there's someone here who knows that Jesus is the answer. What must I do now so that I can better serve him? Well, now you come to him in obedience to his gospel, his death, burial, and glorious resurrection. Come to him hearing and believing. Come to him repenting of your sin, confessing him as Lord, being baptized for the remission of your sin. Leave this place a new creature in Christ Jesus, and you can begin that walk. But through that walk, there's that question. Do you love him? Serve him. If you're seeking to serve him now and surrender to him now, why don't you do it right now as we together stand and sing the hymn of invitation. Oh, do not let the word Hard not your heart, be saved, oh, tonight.